Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to the Book Collector podcast. Today's podcast from the Book Collector is Nicholas Barker's obituary of Marnie Hodgkin, born in New York, 1917, and died in Cambridge, England, in 2015. It was published in the Book Collector in the issue for summer 2015, and is read here by Virginia Ferguson. Marnie Hodgkin There have always been books for children, but the profession of children's book editor is still relatively new. Marnie Hodgkin, who has died aged 97, was not the first. That was Grace Hogarth, but was unusual in following it on both sides of the Atlantic. She was born Mary and Decay Rouse in New York, where her mother had worked for the Century Company, publishers of St. Nicholas magazine, and her grandmother knew Frances Hodgson Burnett. The infant Marion was taken to see her, to be told that dolls came alive when the dolls' house doors were shut. Reason tottered, briefly. Taught by her mother, she became an omnivorous reader, and after school and graduating from Swarthmore College, where she changed Marion to Marnie, she decided that she wanted to be a children's book editor or writer. She wrote 19 letters to publishers, one of them Viking Press, where May Massey was queen of the children's list, famous for publishing The Story of Ferdinand, a bestseller then and since, and Ludwig Bemelman's Madeline series. May Massey took her on, and over the next six years taught her the trade how to edit, read proofs, design a page or advertisements, above all, how to choose artists and see their work properly reproduced. We routinely won either the Newbery or the Caldecott Medal, and May always said, we should have won both. All this came to the fore later, when she had come to England. In 1960, urged on by Grace Hogarth, English children's books need you, Marnie. She joined Rupert Hart Davis. She found a small but not inconsiderable children's list, including Patrick O'Brien's The Golden Ocean, forerunner of the Master and Commander series, and proceeded to add to it. She started with a classic, Mrs. Jameson's Lady Jane, re-illustrated by Robin Jacques, adding Claire Rayner's What Happens in Hospital, and Shilling a Pound Pears, and Julia Reese's The Tinsel November, illustrated by Carol Barker. After Rupert Hart Davis had been taken over, Marnie Hodgkin moved in 1966 to Macmillan, where her list grew and prospered. She had an outstanding success with Jill Payton Walsh's Fireweed, 1969, following it with Diana Wynne-Jones's Wilkins Tooth, 1973, Robert Westall's The Machine Gunners, which won the Carnegie Medal in 1975, and Eva Ibbotson's Witch Witch, 1979. Among her picture book successes were Kevin Crossley Holland's The Green Children, 1969, and the ever-popular Church Mouse, series by Graham Oakley, an old friend from her Hart Davis days. She retired in 1978, 
leaving a reputation not just for choosing or making bestsellers, but for principle. She knew the power of reading on children's minds and determined to give them what she thought the best. Forbidden Dr. Doolittle in youth, she turned down Rao Dahl twice. This career might have filled her life, but publishing was only part of it. She was also the daughter and wife of two winners of the Nobel Prize for Physiology. Alan Hodgkin won it in 1963 for research into the ionic mechanisms in the nerve cell membrane, and his father-in-law, Peyton Ruth, in 1966, 40 years after nomination, for discovering that cancer could be transmitted by a virus. In 1937, Hodgkin got a fellowship at the Rockefeller Institute in New York, where Rouse's research was done. Invited by him, Alan met Marnie, and they went to the theatre together. They met again on holiday in Connemara, where he proposed to her and was turned down. In 1939, she won a Yale Henry Fellowship, the first woman to do so, which raised his hopes, but war supervened. She stayed in New York, and his research was diverted from frogs' nerves to radar. They continued to write to each other until 1944, when Alan was posted to the MIT Radiation Laboratory. Landing in New York in February, he went straight to her apartment on East 51st Street and spent the rest of the day in a long, delightful conversation. All barriers down, they decided to get married as soon as possible. Did so, and then had to cross the Atlantic in separate convoys. In the last year of the war, they worked together, Marnie providing graphics. Alan had then to rebuild his former research, and Marnie to build a new life in austere Cambridge, made more so by post-war shortages. Their family grew, and so did the scope and fame of Alan's research. There were visits to and from the Rouse family. Alan's colleagues came and went. Marnie wrote two detective stories, Student Body, 1950, and Dead Indeed, 1955. Once in New York, she returned to her old desk at Viking, almost unnoticed by her former colleagues. The Nobel Prize celebrations made a brief exotic change. This routine was broken when Alan Hodgkin became president of the Royal Society in 1970 and then, in 1978, master of Trinity College. There, Marnie and he found new outlets for their natural hospitality, taking special pride in the opening of the college to women undergraduates. Alan retired in 1984, and they moved to a secluded house in the middle of Cambridge. His health began to give way, and a failed operation on his spine left him unable to walk, and eventually paralyzed. Marnie looked after him tenderly until his death in 1998. Her life thereafter lost no vitality. Reading, traveling, entertaining, watching children and grandchildren grow, filled her days, undiminished until only a year or two ago. Her career was celebrated in 1997 by a book of tributes from all her publishing friends. 
devised by Di Denny, who was to her as she had been to May Massey. All her friends will remember her warmth, her wit, her voice with only a trace of American intonation, her affection for everyone she knew, and her unceasing interest in all around her. Nicholas Barker That was Virginia Ferguson reading Marnie Hodgkin's obituary in the Book Collector for Summer 2015. You can subscribe to our journal at thebookcollector.co.uk for as little as £6 per month and get access to our complete digital archive. Visit thebookcollector.co.uk today.